We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Happy Friday, everybody. Jeff and Steve here on Sports Talk, bringing you the latest and greatest. Joining us now, Brandon Cristal, Broncos insider for KOA Radio in Denver. How are you this Friday, Brandon? Oh, hey, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no problem. How are you today? What's, what's going on? I've got I've got kiddos and a nanny in the car. We're on our way to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ah, nice. But, uh, but I'm, I'm doing great and uh, excited, like I think a lot of folks in Broncos country are, to see Sean Payton's staff kind of take shape a little bit more day by day. Yeah, so I, I, I think one of the reasons I, I was, you know, excited to talk to you about this is because I am curious how – that all kind of was perceived on the Broncos side of things because I know very, very well how it all kind of was a, was appreciated here in terms of well they didn't get enough blah 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 like you know should, should they have held out whatever did it feel like the Broncos were were giving away too much for a head coach when they could have just hired one or or was this kind of generally understood that this was well worth the price that they were paying. I think to football fans that like good offensive football, it makes a lot of <laughs> yeah, sense. Okay. And, the, you know, the Broncos weren't really planning on having a first-round draft pick for most of the year because that draft pick was part of the Russell Wilson trade. And so they were already, I think, settled in that in terms of their expectation for what the first and early part of the second uh, day of the draft will look like, right? Mm-hmm. And so – then you trade Bradley Chubb, and it wasn't that they don't love Bradley Chubb as a player or as a person. He's a phenomenal person, great in the community, came back, did a community event on his uh, Dolphins bye week. They just didn't want to get burned because of his injury history, so they couldn't give him the same six-year, $120 million deal that the Dolphins gave him. So then they had that late pick, which we know was, what, 28 or whatever with the Niners, and you may get a home run at 28, but there's also plenty of misses in the later half of the first round and really throughout the entire first round. So... I think you're getting, of all the eight coaches they talk to, the guy that has been the most successful offensively, the only one of the eight who comes in with his own Lombardi trophy and own Super Bowl ring. He doesn't have to look in the Broncos trophy case and wonder what it's like to win one of those because he has one. A lot of people like Jim Harbaugh. A lot of people think D'Amico Ryans is going to be a great head coach, and time will tell on that. I understand the the fascination with Harbaugh to some to some degree. I've been lucky enough to get to know Sean a little bit in passing at various events. I met him at the final four years ago and then run into him at the combine and owners meetings year after year. He's always been gracious to me. When Aaron Glenn was interviewing here last year, I reached out, he got back to me with a quote. And so I was excited about the prospect when you heard they wanted two number ones and two number twos. I think you can ask for anything, right? We know how negotiations work. And then the way the Broncos did spin it and will continue to spin it is George Payton and Mickey Loomis were constantly talking and they were trying to drive the price down. And as Sean joked, he didn't want the price to be too high because he didn't want to come here and have the cupboard completely bare. But as he started to settle in, and he's obviously doing a little bit of media last week around Super Bowl stuff, and we got to talk to him. I got to touch out with him for a minute down at Radio Row in, in Phoenix. You're, you're starting to not only get past the draft compensation piece, but also the fact that you are now getting a Super Bowl winning coach that knows 
every part of running a program where the Broncos, the last three coaches, who all had their pluses, their biggest minus, whether it was intentional or not, was they hired three first-time head coaches in a row. Coming off Gary Kubiak and John Fox, uh, and and a long run with Mike Shanahan with a little bit of Josh McDaniels, right? So I think that overall they're excited. That's a long answer, but I think Broncos country is excited about what Sean and Russell Wilson, what Sean can do, and hopefully what he and Russell Wilson can do together. You know, you mentioned obviously Russell Wilson right there, and one thing that uh, stood out. Day one, that press conference with Sean Payton, and then afterwards seeing some of the media talking with him about, you know, Russell Wilson's personal quarterback coach and anybody else staff that he has that he works with, and Sean basically shutting that down, saying that was foreign to him. Have we have we heard anything from Russell Wilson's camp now uh, coming back after that, basically saying that it's going to be Denver Broncos coaches in this building and that's it? Not publicly necessarily. I, I think that very publicly, though, Russ had to eat a bunch of humble pie, not intentionally. <laughs> he wanted to have a MVP-like season. I think Nathaniel Hackett went out of his way to make Russ look like an MVP-type candidate, almost to a fault of the offense, and it, to some degree, might have cost Hackett his job. Not because Russ was demanding, hey, run all these plays, although like any QB, he's going to say, I'm more comfortable with this. I don't really want to run that. But because subconsciously he's like well i've got a top five top ten kind of quarterback talent a guy that has gone to nine pro bowls in the playoffs eight times and had great numbers why wouldn't i try to to feature him more and i think that nathaniel hackett got away from who he is a little bit because i remember talking to him it's funny because the combine's coming up here next week i happen to just be on the same flight coming home that day with with hackett and a couple of his staffers and we were talking about Floyd Little came up and then Syracuse, and he was the OC at Syracuse. I was like, man, it's pretty crazy that Floyd Little, Ernie Davis, Jim Brown. And he goes, yeah, we beat all their records. We ran the hell out of the ball. We're going to run the hell out of the ball here, too, where you'll see. And I think that's who he is and who he wants to be, right? He grew up watching his dad coach with Marty Schottenheimer. But then he had Russell Wilson there. And I think for better or worse, you know, they, they go out and beat the Jags in London, come back at the Titans, who are a little undermanned. They, first nine plays, they throw it eight times. Early on when they were having red zone struggles, they threw it 15 out of 18 times inside the 10 to not a lot of success. So I think that Sean is going to run what he wants to run. Russ is going to have to run it the way Sean wants it run and wants it called. And if Russ has a problem with it, Sean knows that he has more power in the organization, more pull than Russ did. Russ had more last year because of the new coach coming in, a second-year GM, a new ownership group. He's the guy coming in with all the – accolades and, and the resume, well, then he has a terrible year. Some of it's his fault. A lot of it's not. But plenty of it was, I guess. You know, all the injuries are not his fault. You lose your left tackle, your tailback, one of your top receivers, all of your receivers at some point, injuries on defense, injuries up and down the O-line, your center and Lloyd Cushenberry for more than half the year, right at half the year. You're not going to play great, right? You wouldn't think you would. But but I think Russell will have to listen to Sean, and that means Jake Heaps will have to run the Russell Wilson Passing Academy and if he and Russ want to go over film at Russ's house, great. And Russ's nutritionist that handed him a shake every day when he came off the practice field, well, the Broncos nutritionists are capable of making a shake with the same ingredients. In fact, they're probably the same ingredients from the same kitchen, right? So I think Russ can fall back in line with just following the the protocols and the way the rest of the team operates. But it won't be made with love. Like, like <laughs> well, uh, well, it won't cost him as much money because he'll have to pay that, that is the true. nutritionist. That is true. What are you paying her to hand him the shake? You can pay for love. Um, 
right. So obviously, you know, when Russ showed up, the expectations had to be very high, right? You, you don't make that trade and say, okay, we are going to have a uh, adjustment year where everyone gets a free pass. No. You make that trade, you expect immediate results. And obviously those did not come. By the time you got to Christmas Day, all the kids watching on Nickelodeon were not entertained and went to do something else. Um, <laughs> and, and obviously that's like shortly thereafter, Nathaniel Hackett lost his job and you were starting from scratch. And so this might – I wonder, okay, so what what are the expectations for this team in year one under Sean Payton and what would be viewed as a success? Like obviously – a run to a Super Bowl would be fantastic, but that's just, you know, probably unrealistic based on what happened last year and how far everything got in the wrong direction. So what would you consider a successful year one for Sean Payton and the new staff and Russ and everybody else? Well, I think the the simplest answer is just be above 500 to, to start. Don't be the worst offense in football. Yeah, that's a good start. And don't be the second worst offense in football, right? Uh, but I think playoffs is a realistic goal and once you're in you're in and, and who knows what happens and where for as good as Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are and obviously they're great they're Super Bowl favorites and as good as we think the Chargers will continue to be with Justin Herbert at the helm at least in terms of competition there's no reason to think with an expanded playoff field that you can't be in the playoffs as well mm-hmm. and so I think that that coupled with how far the expectations rose with Russ coming in and Nathaniel Hackett coming in that the expectations will be tempered here, right? And they'll tell you, hey, let, let's get let's get adjusted. Let Sean and Russ get to learn each other. Let Sean learn the ins and outs of being the Broncos head coach because things are going to be different than than being the, the head coach of the Saints. You know, I'm, I'm certainly not trying to pick on the Saints or Saints media, but, you, but it's just not covered the same way the Broncos are on a daily basis. And I think that's something that surprised Peyton Manning when he got here. I know it's something that surprised Hackett a little bit. And so, you know, with the combine coming up, about 20 to 25 coaches will talk and same number of GMs. So you never get all 32, right? Bill Belichick doesn't feel like talking to assembled media, both national and local folks, for 15, 20 minutes on, on a podium on Tuesday or Wednesday. Well, apparently Sean hadn't done that either, but I don't know how much demand there was because folks like Jeff Duncan and company could get to Sean when they needed to, I'm sure Combine Week or in general. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have four TV stations out there and three radio stations and three or four different print entities plus a couple just – primary digital, you know, if there's not 20 people from Denver, plus the Broncos website, which travels pretty heavy, if there's not 20 people out there just to cover Sean slash George Payton all, uh, and even Peyton Manning if he shows up, all the Paytons, but to, <laughs> to be out there at the Combine because we're used to whether it's John Elway or John Fox or right, going on all those coaches I mentioned, they talk at the Combine usually on a Tuesday or even on a Wednesday, and then you're kind of around just, you know, talking to their coaches or talking to them in passing. But Sean hasn't done that. It'll be interesting to see if, if Broncos PR asks him and, and or convinces him to get up there and talk to the media and talk to Sirius XM and talk to Mike Florio and talk to uh, Colin Cowherd or whoever else might be there. So that'll be fascinating to see too. But it's going to be, it's going to be different. The expectations, though, Sean is going to catch a little bit of a break because of how poorly Russ and the team played last year. Talking with Brandon Cristal, Broncos insider for WKOA Radio, sorry, in Denver. And Brandon, uh, just curious on the Denver side of things with the whole Sean Payton trade with the Saints. I'm curious just because I thought that little sweetener of the Broncos getting back a third-round pick from the Saints was kind of a surprise to me and just wondering the reaction on your guys and when all of a sudden Denver was getting back a pick in this deal. 
it, it was it was exactly that. I was like, oh, okay, the price didn't seem too high a, a, <laughs> as it stood. Oh, and then now there's a third coming back next year when they might be able to use that this year if they need it to, to move up, right? And so I, I think that it's a credit to George Payton that he was able to convince Mickey Loomis, or whether it's George and Sean Payton together talking to Mickey. And, and I don't know how much Sean played the, hey, look at the 15, you know, 16 years, 15 seasons I gave you guys, and look at where the franchise was, and look at where it is now, and, and the expectations there, and, and what Sundays mean, not that they weren't always special, but coming off the heels of what was oftentimes LSU wins or other wins across the SEC, we know how many Saints losses followed on a Sunday, right? Archie Manning knows it all too well, going back a little further than, than we'd like. But Sean completely changed everything, and not just Sean, and he won't take full credit. He'll certainly thank the Benson family and Mickey together, right. Andrew Brees, Andrew Brees for sure. But look at who the Saints are now versus where they were, and Sean certainly, I think, gets plenty of credit. Jay Glazer told told me that last week on Radio Row, that Sean's a culture changer, that if he thinks something's wrong, even you know down to the littlest detail, like the size of the playoff towels, he'll get that changed, or the food that's catered in the building, or the facilities and they were the first, the Saints were the first team in the NFL to have a cryo chamber and have a float tank. And, you know, the Broncos have that now. They definitely were not early adopters because I would see players, you know, posting pictures on Instagram and Twitter just a few years ago of the cryo places they'd go to around Denver. They have them now. They have two of them. But, but Sean was at the forefront on a lot of that stuff. And, and so I think that he's worth what you pay for. And then when you get that back, you're like, okay, well, <laughs> good job by, by George and Sean to get Mickey to cough up a third. Brandon, appreciate the time. Hope you have a great Friday. Wish you were down here to enjoy some Mardi Gras parades with us. Oh, b- believe me, I've got some friends that are down. And I saw some pictures. I'm like, man, yeah. gosh, I wish I was there. And I missed it. Senior Bowl this year too. I always try to fly in and out of there, but yeah. I was there last year for six days. And my my beloved Kansas Jayhawks, my alma mater, of course, cut the nets down. It was an awesome six days. I, I love coming down to New Orleans. And I don't know what year. I guess we're probably at least two years away from. Uh, Saints and, and Broncos in New Orleans at the earliest, if not five years, five or six. But if Sean's still around, his return to New Orleans is going to be pretty fascinating too. Yeah, but not just coming season, but the season after that, the Broncos come to New Orleans. There you go. All right. So I want to be there for that. You know, I wasn't at his introductory presser because I was already at the Super Bowl, and I've had several conversations with him. When I get another chance, I want to ask, does he now think Will Parks was inbounds? Because obviously <laughs> when they were there the last time, you know, how many times ago that was, Will Parks collected that blocked field goal from Justin Simmons where extra point or whatever it was where he jumped over the center and scooped and scored. And Sean was adamant when I saw him on the street in Indy that he's like, no, we have an angle where he is definitely out of bounds. Yeah, well, okay, since well, he, he was objectively out of bounds. So we'll, we'll just settle it here and say, yeah, I, I, I would Sean put, change his mind. If he changes his mind, I will lose a lot of respect for Sean in this conversation. But enjoy <laughs> Ant-Man. Let me know if he beats Kang. Actually, don't because I want to I okay. see that for yeah, myself. Yeah, you'll go. Yeah. Y'all have a All good right. night watching that movie. I'm looking forward to it, okay. too. Okay. Broncos Insider, KOA Radio in Denver, Brandon Cristal. Always appreciate the time. Jeff and Steve here on Sports Talk Friday edition. Want to hear from you on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line, 504-260-1870. We'll be back more with Steve and Jeff after the break here on WWL. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.